Welcome to a podcast on fire on youth. So mainland filmmaker Feng Xiaogang does a two-hour epic about the Cultural Revolution and the Sino-Vietnamese War. It spans those two things and a couple of decades, mostly from the perspective of a military performing arts troupe thing. There are a bunch of girls mainly that are enlisted as soldiers, but they are a performing arts troupe for soldiers. A small story in big changing times that no doubt uh, will affect this core group uh, heavily. Well, it is what takes place in the movie. I'm Kenny B, and I'm taking this trip into commercial mainland Chinese cinema from a uh, director uh, who knows how to make them. And people go watch them. And there are, there are and there will be some minor notes on him. And uh, uh, I'm the only one here in this solo session and up front I want to thank Mike at the Warrior Agency and Cinesia for providing the screener for review and the movie Youth is out now on dual format DVD and Blu-ray as well as digital download in the UK under the title of Youth Medal of Courage. So yes, uh, this is uh, the solo chats that pop up every now and again and they are, as I probably mentioned, many times before they're not done out of this um, necessity because just because we have screeners available to us they're not done out of desperation and necessity necessarily i mean we're obviously we're fulfilling a duty because these people were kind enough to um, give us access to these screeners but if anything the combination is a couple of things. There, there, there are a couple of things going on. Obviously, this is a movie that um, I it wasn't really on my radar because I don't follow current Hong Kong and mainland Chinese cinema as deeply as others do. So uh, I, I was vaguely familiar with Youth, and I, I do know of the filmmaker somewhat as well. But uh, there, there is that combination of uh, well, let's go into something new. No, really blind. It's a blind viewing. There's a blank slate here going into youth but if anything the exercise is also a creative one because i'm not used to it doing this these things solo it takes a lot more energy out of you because you're the only one and uh, you don't get any pauses or anything while you talk so you have to do it all by yourself it really takes a lot out of me i'm not i'm not complaining because i'm really proud of the past solo chats and uh, but they are a challenge but um, if anything to give you a a behind the scenes insight the preparation is no different and therefore I know how to do this and therefore I don't as I probably often say as well I don't sit on these creative instincts or anything and I might not be fully confident in my notes I might think they're a bit disjointed but that's not stopping me from doing this and I know the job is going to be sufficient if anything and maybe even in some listeners ears the job might be good so thank you very much for uh, taking in these solo chats as, uh, as well so um, uh, that's uh, something to be appreciated on this lovely monday evening but as has been the tradition when i sit down and talk uh, by myself to you i also share some minor tidbits about what i've been doing and watching lately just some informal tidbits like uh, the one where i threw out thousands of dvds recently i'm sorry dvd cases covers inserts scared you didn't i 
scared a lot of people when I posted about this on social media. Either way, I uh, stopped some hearts uh, when I related this story on social media about uh, my clear out recently. And I'm going to tell that in a nutshell. It's not a special story, if anything, but it was a project of mine. And I'm glad that I did it. But uh, first of all, some very brief contact information. This is Podcast on Fire, mostly dealing in Hong Kong cinema, new and old. But as Hong Kong cinema is very much mainland Chinese cinema. Although I don't feel the Hong Kong connection necessarily in youth. We still cover these movies every now and again. And there's a chance also, obviously, to promote uh, what's going on on the UK DVD and Blu-ray market in terms of what uh, type of Asian cinema is hitting stores and uh, online retailers and so forth. So we got dual um, dual formats in terms of how it's released, but uh, dual purposes going on here. And that uh, we do here on Podcast on Fire. We're available on podcastonfire.com along with all our other shows that covers, among other things, Japanese cinema, adult and uh, softcore sleazy cinema. And we also have covered ninja movies. We talk about Korean movies. We have bonus episodes available to you every now and again. And we do audio commentaries too every now and again. We've got one in the works right now, but these takes take these things take a little bit of time but uh, we are researching just to drop a little tease we are researching a Samo Hong movie which doesn't say anything but one that um, it's a good choice for a commentary even though there's been at least one commentary made on this movie in official cap- capacity but uh, there's uh, there's certainly things to talk of so that's a little uh, that's a little behind the scenes nugget for you so we uh, produce audio commentaries every now and again. All of that, as I said, on podcastonfire.com. We got your social media links available at the top of the website in the form of handy buttons leading to Facebook, leading to Twitter, leading to our iTunes feed and our Stitcher radio presence. Stitcher radio is a little bit off right now, uh, so it might be a little uh, daft to promote them, but uh, currently our Shows aren't turning up on on Stitcher, and I've emailed them to see what's up and if our feed is uh, ill or anything. But I know we're on iTunes and promptly, so at least uh, the feeds uh, are coming through. And I've checked other places too, so uh, it's not like it's corrupted or anything. So if you do catch us on Stitcher Radio, I do apologize. We haven't stopped recording anything here. So go to podcastonfire.com and uh, see all the latest episodes or catch us on iTunes, as I said. But uh, we would very much appreciate uh, a uh, a little um, star rating and written review on iTunes if you follow us uh, via your application there, the Apple Podcast application. Uh, So if you like the show, please share. And uh, even if you have some critical uh, notices to give us, please share. Because uh, we can always do better. We can always learn. Just don't be... A prick about it, uh, but uh, most of you all, even all of you, are very, very lovely people. And uh, whatever constructive uh, notes we've gotten in the past, I've uh, taken too hard, and uh, I've never really, um, I, I never really, in my so, so to say, online career, received any notes where you just go, you know, f him, like what does he know? But rather, the only one I can remember, I've told this story before, um. Uh, a couple of daft YouTube comments, one of which um, I, I know this person. <laughs> Not no, no, but I know the name of the person and what this person does in professionally. That's rather vague. I'm uh, like really just babbling on right now. But um, what I did receive many, many years ago, one of my first YouTube comments, where I realized sort of the difference between the Swedish and the English language was someone 
almost out of, out of shock commented on the way I pronounced uh, actor Jordan Chan in my video review of Hong Kong Bronx. I remember these things. And uh, we don't have hard J's in the Swedish language. So I've always, by default, went with Jordan rather than Jordan, right? And I did that in the review. This guy just freaked out probably in his head. Uh, maybe it was sarcastic, but I kind of know how the person operates. So I don't think he was. It was more entitled, if anything. So he went at me and wrote like a Jordan Chan with a soft J, WTF. There it is. But um, where was I going with that? Well, uh, just be lovely, be constructive, uh, but uh, be uh, be uh, positive and lovely and uh, be uh, approachable. If you want to engage in a discussion about what you didn't like and what you want to see improved, then uh, kind of in kind of create a, a proper discussion rather than um, rather than an attack. And uh, thankfully, throughout all of these years. We've never really been the subject of it, so I'm glad that this audience is so respectful and expressive and uh, very devoted. And uh, you simply don't know what that means. I mean, heck, we even received an um, an email not too long ago that's to forwarded to me, where it essentially said that uh, our show or shows, maybe he was just referring to Podcast on Fire really meant something to this person and especially after having gone through tough things in life and that he now rediscovered our shows and started to go through them and catch up and all of that and he realized that it only takes one for this work to be uh, worthwhile and it's it's work but it's an unpaid hobby that we all gladly do um obviously just a minor minor sort of reason why people uh, like to tune in but uh, that email um, it certainly made my day and uh, you you never expect to get that kind of email where someone expresses where someone has taken the time to express what something meant to them whether it's deeply emotional or just like hey I like your show and it's awesome because knowing that someone took the time to write an email there well I'm, I'm always appreciative if anyone took the time to write anything because it's uh, quite an instinct to go from, I liked what I heard, I'm going to express that and send that directly to that person. That's amazing to me. But to, to get that and to, to hear that it was a little, little bit more deeply emotional than just, hey, I like you guys discussing Hong Kong cinema and some Hong movies or whatever. It certainly puts uh, puts things into perspective. And uh, admittedly, that, that it was a little bit of an emotional moment for me that, uh, wow, we, we're doing something. Well, our instincts that we're always shaping and always evolving. They are not necessarily wrong. Like if we reach one, then we're doing something right. And uh, we're doing something that we like and have fun doing. So it's no it's no work, really. That email is going to stay at uh, in the back of my head for quite some time. For, forever and ever. But uh, at any rate, uh, those are all the social media links, what have you. And I write about uh, Hong Kong and Taiwanese uh, movies, a variety of genres, over on SoGoodReviews.com. And I post uh, video reviews over on SleazyKVideo.com. Thankfully, not on camera. That's for other people to do, not me. And uh, I tweet over at, at SoGoodReviews. 
back to a story of Ken throwing away thousands of DVD cases and covers lately. I mean, it's a horror story already, isn't it? But uh, I, I realized I, I was coming up on uh, 20 years of collecting DVDs, uh, Hong Kong or otherwise, because I DVDs hit... 97 98 right but i do kind of distinctly remember that i bought my first pioneer player a pioneer that was that was a great brand for especially troublesome hong kong dvds but uh, i i the the one i eyed first was a pioneer player still got uh, one in storage uh, although i the one i have now the blu-ray dvd region free player is uh, is an Oppo player, and I swear by that piece of hardware. Uh, I heard they stopped making players now, which is a shame because Oppo they're really good. So I hope this one won't break down. But I've had it for a couple of years, so it's all good. Anyway, I realized after coming up on you know twenty years of collecting DVDs that um, buying Hong Kong DVDs in particular was so cheap for a while, for a long while um, before they started putting some quality DVDs out I mean the standard was pretty subpar but all those Universe and Maya and Wideside DVDs they were all 40 Hong Kong dollars each uh, back in the day so no wonder you allowed yourself to buy in bulk and you took a chance on movies and filmmakers and actors and uh, fairly constant buying habits to put it mildly sort of started taking up space and uh, I had close to 20 plastic containers with DVDs anyway that were in storage and a select number on my shelves. So, I mean, if I had a third on my shelves, that probably, that's probably s- somewhat correct. Maybe a fourth were on my shelves and I had er, the rest in storage. And a lot of them in a big sort of alum- aluminum uh, case uh, as well, so, which I still had in my, in my apartment. So... Uh, I've started to obviously realize that, uh, man, there, there's, there's not a whole lot of space still left. And I also have shelves that contain, you know, VHSs because I started to buy more of those, especially anime on VHS, which is the coolest thing ever. And uh, got laser discs from over the years uh, after collecting those. So I'm the idiot that wants space and convenience. Quite anal about that. So I started a couple of weeks ago now just throwing out 90% of the cases and covers and inserts and putting the discs into these massive disc wallets which are disc bags really because they're the ones I bought they hold over 400 discs and they, they seem really sturdy so far very practical and I would recommend if anyone was looking to do the same I would recommend the Amazon Basics CD slash DVD binder and they, they have a couple of different options some of them are 400 that's the max i think and you got probably 200 300 per case as well and i got uh, what is it one two three four five six seven of those six full ones and the seventh is um three quarters full uh, so far so yeah i took a little over a week of um it took a little over a week of uh on and off uh sorting and um it's, it's all gone mostly now <laughs> all those uh, plastic cases i just threw a bunch of them away because they're, they're, there's no need to keep those i'm not not gonna be able to use those uh, ever 
so why not just throw it away i know i don't have people here who can, who can pick up those things you know for free or anything it's such a small town so no, no one would want to do that so i just threw it all away into the uh, recycling system i couldn't be happier to have cool cases still saved and organized well on my shelves and i also have such easy access to discs that amounted to about 2000 originals dvd and vcds and i know this is a slap in the face to collectors but but i i saw no collecting value in most of these cheap hong kong dvds for instance and by the way i'm not slapping you personally around for wanting to collect these cases obviously but it, it it was fun to see the divided response so when i posted this on facebook like yeah what did you do well, this is what I do. I feel happy about it. Some people had done it already. Obviously, this is not a bright and original idea or anything or new. It, it's all good natured, of course. No one was coming at, uh, coming after me, and uh, I wasn't going after anyone else either. So, uh, so yeah. Anyway, Viva, keeping my discs, but k- keeping them all close and accessible, and uh, that's uh, that's something I'm quite happy about. Uh, as for viewing habits, uh, well, I, I rewatched uh, Choi Hak's Time and Tide this weekend, uh, a movie I quite adore and find it hard to accurately pin down or describe other than, yes, it's an action picture, but it's made in this free-thinking, free-flowing kind of way with tons of camera trickery. It's very indulgent, but quite ingenious how well it's, how well it's actually it's is put together especially it's uh, 40 50 minute long finale that has so many individual pieces shot in this mostly handheld way but it's coherent and it's like Choi Harkin crew coming up with off the wall random plotting characters action along the way and actually clinching every idea that they come up with it's such a sort of there's a vibrant energy about time and tide it, it'll be a challenge to talk of on a podcast but as i said at the beginning i'm not gonna back down from the challenge so uh but, but for now it's it's such a fun audiovisual ride and um it's 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 still not available on blu-ray i think i, I still got the dvd with the chohak commentary but i bought it on itunes to get um, a little bit of an hd upgrade and it looked like a little bit of an upgrade so i'm i'm happy with that purchase and finally the very bad name but uh, i use it as a trigger word for a project i'm currently involving myself in it's a very personal project it's not meant for anything grand or anything but i have posted on facebook uh, reviews and pictures uh, collected in an album i've dubbed the years project and what it essentially is i mean again again it's not grand and there's nothing really going on here other than oh yeah i want to do that and i'm not gonna sit on that creative instinct either because this sounds like fun and it's mostly me currently re-watching soul play movies that made a difference in the um in the wuxia pian genre and it, the personal project is quite simple because i aim to sort of uh, evolve and uh, enhance my you know restrictive know-how of this genre i want to evolve and enhance that ever so slightly and the focus is now wuxia the focus will then be martial arts films and uh, go through the decades uh, and i'm going to shape my past review notes and add new tidbits and new research and try to 
understand a little bit more myself about the context of what a particular movie did with a genre and then sort of track it uh, you know i've been re-watching uh, wuxia pian from shaw brothers so i've been re-watching the red lotus trilogy starting with temple of the red lotus that is really sort of its virgin start and now i'm at the one-armed swordsman section of the 60s and already you can see a thread there that the genre is changing depending on the person who is behind it what what they're thinking is and uh, it's been beneficial because i had a little bit more research trying to find some tidbits to add to my review notes and obviously quote people who have said clever things about the genre to to add further context and to sort of deepen my own personal knowledge which again is not great it's just something i adore man i adore a project like this it is fun it's work and you have to commit yourself to it but god is it fun and uh just makes me smile to engage in this process because when you engage in a creative process sometimes it doesn't feel fun all the way but it's the 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 beneficial nature and the sort of rewards of it is that it's just so fun to initiate execute and conclude and then do it again it's one of my main sort of fuels in my life and this applies to this uh, project so it's it's all very beneficial and it's not hard at all to rewatch, uh, you know come drink with me one on swordsman uh, i got dragon in coming up so i'm not restricting it to hong kong movies or anything i'm going over to taiwan to see how someone like king who continued to shape wuxia and then i'm gonna keep going and uh, that'll keep you busy that's uh, it's as easy as that and i'm um, smiling as i'm talking about it because it's so much goddamn fun to uh, engage in something like this and i have the time to do so in between all the current creativity that i'm uh, engaged in anyway so uh, and sometimes when i'm not doing this project i miss it so that's saying something isn't it at any rate those were the tidbits and we're going to take a musical break and uh, after that i will be back to conclude this episode well it's the main attraction really but i like talking to you so far about the variety of things that we have talked about but the main attraction is nonetheless a review of youth from 2017 and after the musical break i'll be back to try and make sense of my disjointed notes about this uh, this uh, part war drama but uh, mostly a drama about uh, a performing arts troupe as i mentioned and i'll be back uh, after this break so uh, thank you very much so far if you've uh, stuck uh, with me during the solo chat and hope you enjoy the review coming up shortly And the main attraction of this episode is my review of Youth from 2017 and plot courtesy of Cineasia. When Xiaoping joins the military, delicate dreams are dashed by the events of China undergoing a revolution. The devastating Sino-Vietnamese war crashes into 1970s China, changing the lives of the army's young recruits forever. In this epic, spanning several decades, uh, Youth shows comrades of 
the People's Liberation Army fight among themselves as much as on the battlefield and cause as much damage as the war that tore their lives apart. And as for the short opinion, uh, quite solid, even if not rousing multi-decade look at how a core group disintegrated, not so much because of politics, but uh, there are key events of distrust and uh, that then makes, you know, it creates a thrust that's uh, more devastating than being thrust into duty. And um, all of this will have lethal and mental consequences as as this group falls apart, not just because they are designated to do other things, including be on the battlefield. There's really little fault with the craftsmanship on display, and it uh, doesn't feel uh, very distant, uh, despite being a Westerner looking in at a very... Chinese story and so that's very much a plus it's approachable for outside audiences uh, perhaps the the choice of bigger melodrama towards uh, the latter sections um, and therefore the movie being quite bombastic by the time we reach that section is where I tuned out a little bit it, it ranks below stellar you know, overall if it's because of that not too sure but um, I really thought it was solid and um, I was engaged even though I wasn't you know supremely emotionally affected but but it, it is really a commercial drama film i think so if, for that it is a success but um, there, there are challenging aspects to it but i think director feng xiaogang isn't um complicating matters too much and audiences responded uh, and um, I, I mentioned feng xiaogang he's the director of i am not madame bovary aftershock the banquet the world without thieves with andy lao and big shots funeral which was a Columbia Asia produced movie, a co-production, because um, they uh, roped in the likes of Donald Sutherland in the cast list for Big Shot's funeral back in the day. And uh, Feng Xiaogang, he can drum up commercial interests, um, interest either via his name or the material. And uh, Youth was a box office hit, currently standing as the sixth highest grossing domestic film in China of all time after movies such as Wolf Warrior 2 obviously, Kung Fu Yoga and Journey to the West, The Demons Strike Back, which is, which is the second uh, Stephen Chow Monkey King movie, although that isn't his uh, I, I don't think he co-directed that, he is the producer of that but that, that was Choi Hak yeah, who, did, uh, who did that while Stephen did uh, Journey to the West, uh, Conquering the Demons uh, was it, uh, the prior movie so that, that one was really successful in China. Uh, Youth has won a bunch of awards, including Best Film at the Asian Film Awards, uh, the same at the Macau International Movie Festival, and director Feng Xiaogang himself won Best Director at the same festival. So, approaching a movie like Youth, uh, which I haven't heard of, as I said, uh, extensively so, so it's out of my knowledge range as a film, but the subject certainly is, and uh, but but then again, you should just as Phil G often says, uh, let a movie wash over you, and you you make your judgment after that, and make your notes based on the experience that is the film. And um, so the chat might be disjointed here, since I'm also sort of new to this side of mainland cinema, the big commercial side of it. I, I was more of a fan back in the day of how small and rural mainland Chinese cinema was and I'm sure it still is but it was it was its uh, sort of distinct feature back in the day back in the 90s and uh, as I said I also don't know the director very well but I am doing this I'm not sitting on this creative instinct and I'm gonna pursue 
this uh, you know just for the sake of let's see if I can do it let's see if I can put together a chat about likes or dislike of the movie so don't back down from a, a creative instinct this uh, is my sort of recommendation anyway you, you get the start of the, of the depiction of the arts troupe the performance troupe and uh, you ask yourself whether or not this will be hugely connected or hugely disconnected to politics um, because um, the blind viewing because it's also set in um, during cultural revolution and further points in history you know despite the blind viewing you ask yourself those questions because mainland Chinese movies they have before for better or worse (laughs) been really propaganda pieces and I'm sure someone way smarter will argue that youth is really a big propaganda piece and maybe a disgusting propaganda piece, who knows. But for me, the core of uh, the girls who are amidst, you know, shaping themselves as performers in a country in change, even in turmoil, even in war. And some of the things that happen to these girls uh, as good as they get at their, so to say, job, some of the things that happen are not hugely positive not all outcomes are positive despite heroism along the way and i'm not sure if this was really transparent propaganda if they would want to feature characters that will physically and mentally hurt during china's change i mean i mean it's very naive i'm sure to say that but uh, i'm not sure you would want to paint the bleak picture if you wanted to hail something but uh, anyway, we, we get some uh, strands of, for instance, the character of Xiaoping, that she, you know, her family relationship in general uh, is quite severed. Uh, her father is in re-education camp, a re-education camp currently. So so you get that first hint of that very young character. You know, we, we know her family is, um, you know, shattered to a degree. And here's a chance for status for her as enlisted, that she's now a soldier, something for her family to be uh, proud of. Uh, so she's left them behind, and not fled necessarily, I don't think that was the um, context, but uh, she she certainly is uh, very happy to be part of the army uh, as a soldier, even though this is a performance troupe, and uh, she... Uh, sees that she can find freedom and brotherhood and sisterhood and she is really the one that's all smiles at the beginning here and uh, i won't spoil anything but uh, the movie isn't all um you know some characters are gonna come crashing down it's uh, it's my point uh, feng xiaogang's frame which is full widescreen and scope and all of that it has a natural tint to it the natural aspect to it but uh, it's really professionally made too so it's not static and dull or anything and the, the initial dance and music practice scenes they have a not too big but distinct bombastic energy because the the band play really loud really skillfully the dancers are really skilled as well so it, it looks rousing and uh, these characters have a deep skill and passion for da- dancing that makes you think especially when you know the end of the movie that some really belong there and certainly don't want to leave this is the life and even though they're standing behind they're, they're not anti-political movement of the time but they, they, some of the characters really do belong there they, this is a, a home of sorts so 
So Feng Shaogang, he knows how to stage a believable natural frame with a suitable scope, for instance, uh, outside of the gates um, that uh, holds um, the troop, uh, you know, the grounds. Uh, they, we got um, demonstrations going on here, so, so the events are not far from them, but they're sort of separated um, too, which is a clever little touch, uh, so he doesn't throw, shove that down our throat that the people are marching um, in favor of Mao Zedong and uh, all of that. So, and and it's not sugary either. These um, or, or too sweet. These uh, getting uh, to know each other, getting along sections that uh, the movie does contain as the girls uh, bond and all of that. It's quite warm. And um, even though, the, as I said, politics is in the air, but it. Um, it, it doesn't feel like it's gonna intrude that much, and um, it's also you, you're curious enough because you don't know the nature of the piece yet of what's gonna go on during these two hours. So it, it doesn't feel uh, calculated or predictable, which is a very very good thing. I think uh, Feng Shaogang showcases that he has access to uh, military hardware and uh, these big fields to showcase. Uh, that uh, in the movie there, there, there are training exercises initially but uh, it really makes the movie in the frame come to life and uh, he also shows that these uh, these girls they perform for the troops as they um, have their battle exercises and it, it gives a view into what their life is without being overbearing or stopping to be a documentary and uh, explain historical context to us so it, it's a nice smoothly integrated aspect that still means the movie has a thrust that's about going forward and all of that. So, and uh, being not one hundred percent sure of the main core and what to focus on, still generated this curiosity in me. Yes, the initial voiceover sort of tells us what two characters to focus on, but when it tells us minute one, we don't know the full context, so we are still surprised when when we realize who we're focusing on. So the initial voiceover is there to establish, yeah, but it doesn't linger as such. We don't know distinctly necessarily that uh, the uh, voiceover said, oh, it's about shopping and another character. So, and there's a joy present too as he follows this uh, youth, uh, this youth, uh, youths, if you're a fan of my cousin Vinny, anyway. <laughs> and there's a presence, uh, there's a joy present here as we follow them, as we follow them and as they are getting along. It doesn't seem like they were forced to train in singing and dancing, and even there are scenes at the shooting range sometimes. But it's all smoothly integrated, and we get the sense of what the life is. And um, there is a rift here between the old and new god a little bit, and uh, one character quite wrongly um, actually uh, steals a, a uniform in order to take a photo of her in the uniform and send home. And um, there is that is actually quite a key event, but uh, that, that brings up the point that there, there is a strict regimen here. And uh, if, any, if any duty is present here, is that they need to have a moral compass. If the unit is going to be strong, then we all got to be on the same page, essentially. So that's um, a little theme that runs through the movie and plays a huge part. D- despite being a scope and all the scope moving, all of that, it's Certain sections are rural, but it has a pretty warm aura that doesn't feel manufactured, and uh, which, which will act as a contrast to later events, because um, tragedy means that uh, the movie is going to take um, its um, narrative to the battlefield, and uh, 
uh, a few places like that because uh, the movie takes place over several decades. That includes the fact that Mao Zedong dies. Uh, there, there was natural disasters around this time at the end of the 70s and obviously the Sino-Vietnamese War plays quite a distinct part. But um, it remains quite natural. The emotions are earned and uh, one of the better sort of... Um, not melodramatic outbursts, but emotional scenes, is that one character finds out that her father has finished re-education, that um, he is uh, being sent home. And this character receives, uh, this girl receives a bag of presents, and she asks if he's thin, is his hair grey now? Is his hair white now, she says. But uh, Feng Shagang, he avoids common melodrama traps in these sections anyway. He simply has the character speak of these things and uh, either there will be or there won't be emotions. So not calculated is the key for youth and uh, that you should take with you. Because separation is quite real, you know. Um, even though these characters, they believe in a political movement, but you're allowed to miss someone. You're allowed to think of someone having a a tough time uh, after having been sent to re-education so and there are a couple of stories here spread out over a couple of characters so it's a it's a group that's being depicted here but um, basically we can focus on the whole despite we can identify these characters and um, even though one is not the focus for two hours as we move back and forth between these characters and then jump back to one we focused on the hour earlier or whatever, we can still keep uh, track of all of that. And uh, one aspect where Feng really makes us pay attention, I think, is um, the way he shoots dialogue, actually. I kind of noticed that. uh, He he stages it straight enough in almost a static way, but he keeps his camera moving a little bit back and forth as well, left to right, right to left, but without it being loose and handheld like a, you know last one three a movie or anything but the camera feels active and that activity makes you pay attention even if you had placed the camera you know solid and static i think you would have paid attention too but it's a little somewhat subtle stylish choice that uh, i certainly appreciated so basically at that at one point in the movie there is a piece of betrayal and injustice that's less about politics and more about humanity as uh, these characters start to unravel and uh, some of them are coming uh, divided and uh, they start to be disillusioned i suppose um, and they, they, there is this admission of love at one point a character admits his love to another character that's been going on over the years and that's quite nice and quiet and real but also intense verging on dark too because it's such a big moment to let out because they've lived under their same roof and conditions for such such uh, a long time so uh, no wonder it's it's a big thing to admit that to someone to declare your love and uh, that's foreign and confusing I think for certain characters and uh, we, we, we got sparse voiceover explaining that a little bit more in detail and I think even though I understood those scenes thankfully the voiceover is sparse so you don't um, you don't feel like the movie is uh, insecure in that way and uh, and and yeah so there, there will be a, a rift from a point in the movie that's going to take us all the way to the end of the movie essentially after this unfair accusation and uh, it's interesting it's interesting how that can shatter a character i'm being vague because i think it's something you should experience like blind 
as I said, in that unfair accusation, it's it's interesting how you know how it shatters someone if it's huge or even um, unpredictable, and it actually kind of um, kind of is um, unpredictable. And uh, he's not shying away from the toll it takes on characters, and then he isn't shying away from um, because he's noisy about that. But then when it becomes noisy in terms of uh, the war scenes. This drama still carries into the war scenes. Characters have not forgotten what they've gone through at the school, despite being on the front line now. And uh, obviously, we're here at the Sino-Vietnamese War section at the end of the seventies, and um, so a few characters are there in the battlefield. Some work at the Red uh, as medics, uh, not for the Red Cross, I don't think, but obviously as medics. Uh, and uh, Feng Shaogang is not sh- shying away from the horrors of war. It's a 2017 movie, so the gory nature of it all. Um, but by, by now, I, I will have to adjust to it. Uh, the, the blood squibs that some some of which might be real, some not. It looks a bit puffy, but uh, there are like shocking body explosions. That's clearly CG, but it's decent because his camera doesn't linger a lot on the uh, fakery of it all. And he does that throughout this big sequence. Um, he doesn't linger too much on it. And I, I, I found myself accepting this technical aspect of uh, CG blood and um, the war mayhem that Feng Shagang depicts uh, a lot more. Especially because uh, he's got some pretty impressive long takes of uh, mayhem here. The sequence is designed as, I think, uh, as one. That there's no cuts in this sequence. Obviously, there are a lot of hidden cuts. But they're very well hidden uh, in obvious places, yes. But um, they're very well hidden, and uh, it's obviously it's a big sequence that changes uh, one of the key male characters uh, who makes huge sacrifices despite being part of that injustice done to him that I talked about. So he's not so much doing it for country, but in his own way, it's payback to those who um, he felt disappointed him. And uh, all of this is very um, accessible and uh, not purely internal, where only a Chinese audience would understood it w- w- would understand it, which is something to mention. So, and uh, it's not terribly preachy in terms of uh, preaching unity, but uh, he depicts how a frail political sit- how frail a political situation can be, and if um, that is also cracked and shattered with uh, personal betrayal and injustice, so characters do get lost. They won't all die. But they do get lost and feel a bit disillusioned. And uh, the the only part where I felt uh, the otherwise like sh- fairly sharp drama goes a little bit off the rail is towards the last third of the movie, I suppose, the last fourth. Because it, it's very violin-driven, it's quite melodramatic, and for the most part, Feng Shaogang keeps it real, reeled in. It's no slam dunk, as it does so, but it's uh, well-conceived. And uh, there are distressing sections here that come out of nowhere the the feeling of characters having to adapt to the change especially as the group disbands and uh, that's he's still on the right track in terms of depicting that drama but he, there is a farewell scene i suppose a big uh, dinner that gets to a fever pitch that is quite it's uh, quite cry <laughs> let's just say that and uh, it's nothing unusual i think for a chinese movie to go for melodrama but Seeing as Feng Shaogang had kept it at a level that I appreciated, that felt not subtle but natural, this big melodramatic scene stood out a little bit for me. 
we're fairly on board with what it means and we understand what it means um, because it, it also sends out characters into uncertainty at that point a little bit of a misstep i don't think it changed my mind and opinion of the movie that much this this scene because i think it's very solid and uh, i wasn't hugely affected but no doubt this is very well executed and uh, the quiet spectacle and the bigger spectacle spectacle they they merge and they go hand in hand it doesn't feel like the director was looking forward more to the big scenes and not to the small scenes or vice versa so yeah i think he um, committed himself to the entirety of the picture and uh, it, it's worth looking at i mean I, i'm not gonna say that this isn't a propaganda piece and uh, your reaction towards it might differ greatly from mine my my reaction is basically comes out of uh, ignorance really because i don't know a lot about uh, the history of it all but but i think um, his focus was never to um talk of uh, history and all the politics through history his focus was on this group that felt sometimes uh, like uh, not they were they were not in their own universe but they certainly were sometimes disconnected and concerned with their own very real and very valid uh, drama amidst themselves that's i think the end of my disjointed notes i suppose of uh, youth and uh, as for availability it is available now on dual edition dvd and blu-ray as well as digital download from Asia in the uk and it's known as youth medal of courage if you want to look it up and i want to thank again mike at warrior agency and Asia for setting the show up with the screener so I think I'm going to sign off really quickly. Uh, for all your Podcast on Fire network needs, uh, go to podcastonfire.com. All the social media links are there. Uh, the links to our iTunes feed and so forth. And uh, thank you very much for the support. And I hope uh, you will uh, join us uh, discuss, dis- discussing uh, on Facebook and uh, leaving a comment on iTunes and so forth, as I talked about at the beginning. But this is the end of my solo chat. I very much hope you enjoyed. I liked speaking to you. It's um, it's a challenge, as I always say, but it's one I gladly take, and I'm glad, I'm glad that I got through this one, the mixture of review and oh, what's been going on lately. So uh, I've been Kenneby, and uh, no one else was here but me. So I'm going to sign off now, and thank you very much, and... Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.